Hello and welcome back to Limitless Lives. I'm your host, Nilesh Patel, and I'm really thrilled to have an inspiring guest with us today. Someone who has not only reached incredible heights on the pitch, but is also committed to nurturing and developing future stars right here in Houston, Texas. Born and raised in League City, Texas, our guest today has truly lived a limitless life in the realm of football transitioning from playing from Division I club teams in Houston to representing the Puerto Rican national team for three years. But his journey didn't stop there. After graduating from the University of St. Thomas Houston, where he also showcased his footballing talents, he embarked on a mission to cultivate the next generation of football prodigies. Now celebrating a decade of coaching, our guest holds the position of HTX Director of Youth Academy a role that enables him to shape the skills and mindsets of young players in the Houston area. His coaching journey spans from college level to a directing programs that have developed players who have reached the highest level, even creating the Elite Catalyst program in the South location, a first of its kind. Equipped with a U.S. Soccer National Youth D license, he has built a reputation for developing players from the beginning stages of recreational level to A-teams and further, sending selective players to the elite program. These players have consistently shown progressive success under his guidance. So, without further ado, I'm really excited to welcome this footballing and youth development powerhouse to the show, Rico Pardo. Rico, thanks for joining us today on Limitless Lives. Yeah, thank you for having me. Excited to be here, share about my journey, talk about the upside and downside of the game and what it means to reach our full potential in our lives and have that limitless mindset. So thank you again for having me. Awesome. Well, look, let's get straight into it. And I think I'm probably going to kick off with the toughest question on the show today. So help me out, Rico. Is it soccer or is it football? <laughs> yeah, so that is definitely the toughest question. So uh, growing up, you know, I learned it was soccer, right? Until I heard of the word football, and I mean American football, and that, that kind of got me a little confused, thinking like, wait, you know, we, we use ball with our feet. Why is this called football, like American football, right? And thinking that should be called tackle ball instead. But uh, in this case, well, I've been more of a believer of the name football until the U.S. can win the World Cup one day, then they have bragging rights to be called soccer. So, But until this day, I'm going to call it football. Awesome. Well, you know, the World Cup is coming up in the U.S. in 2026, so you never know. Fortunes can change. Yeah, very excited for that. Yeah. You have an impressive background in sports coaching and talent and development. How did your journey start and what led you to this point? Yeah, my journey started by witnessing the passion that my dad, Richie Pardo, had with the beautiful game. I looked up to him on recognizing many successful awards he made throughout the years with various teams he's coached. He had been, you know, pretty famous on the uh, playing for the Puerto Rican Football Federation and made the Hall of Fame. You know, that came to be the true motivation that started my coaching career. What led me to this point, first, there was a foundation that was built within our household and within the household environment that I grew up in. That inspired me to love the game so much. I played for so many years. Then I continued my love for the game into coaching private lessons. I started coaching private lessons with my younger brother. Uh, his name was Giancarlo Pardo. And he became very successful in learning the skills that I taught, taught him. 
and is going far within his soccer career currently at this at this point in time. It became rewarding to witness what I achieved. I've always loved to apply my skills in the game, and that dawned to me thinking if I can teach these detailed skills to one player, I know I can apply my coaching to larger groups in a session, which became the Youth Academy at this point. From there, since I had connections with the Dynamo Youth 23 Academy because I played with them as well. They saw what I had and the leadership skills I had, so they invited me to help volunteer and co coach skills within a program they called at the time Center of Excellence Program. Um, it helped me get my foot, foot in the door to get a job as a staff coach for U7, the U10 groups, and that led on to moving to a club in the South that used to be called Space City FC. Before it was called the Donald Dash Youth Program, to now it's called HTX Soccer. I've shown so much progress within the first few years in the South to where my boss gave me the position to become a director in Central and Siena to help grow that talent there. So it runs in the family knowing how my dad teaches. You know, it's a great role model. It became natural for me to know how to teach others as well and be a great role model for the youth players around me. That's an incredible journey. So thanks for helping share that with us. Your career has taken you from, like you mentioned, local clubs to the national stage with the Puerto Rican national team. And now you're guiding young talent in and around Houston. How have these diverse experiences shaped your coaching philosophy? Yeah, a good question there. It's it shaped my coaching philosophy by experiencing various coaching styles within each team I played for. Some coaches were wise enough to know how to connect with the players and some, you know, not so much. But focusing more on the coaches that knew what they were doing, they knew how to apply themselves in the practices and games, most importantly understood the psychological aspects on how to respond to us as a team and, and individually. So I transferred that into knowing how to coach young players on the psychological aspect of it. So the most important aspect is the player's attitude to learning. Like what would inspire them to have the desire to learn the game? How can I apply myself as a coach to connect with the players and getting their attention first and foremost? Why do they want to do what they're asked to do during sessions and games? You know, these example guided questions, I use them as tools to work with the youth players, you know, in a psychological way. And that really helps guide them to growing and seeing progress and seeing their talented performance on and off the field, of course. You know, this leads to visual learning, right? It's very important at a, at a youth age, they, they witness what's in front of them and what can get their attention. Witnessing the skills, like show off my skills. You know, I have to be a little bit of show off to see, you know, wow, like, you know, I really want to do those kind of skills. What can I do to better to, that inspires them to get to that point. I learned these skills throughout the years through, through games. And of course, there's one phase that was called like Joga Bonito. I think it was early thousands, something like that. And it really inspired me to juggle a ball until 3 a.m. And I wanted to get better. And that really boosted up my performance when I was playing. And I kept that talent until this day. So I started showing those kind of talents. And it's like eye candy to the youth players. With, you know, it leads to enjoyment. And most importantly, having fun with the game. Let the skills be their fun. I love that. You mentioned psychological as your focus. Can you help unpack that a little bit in terms of what's the mindset typically you try and instill through your coaching philosophy? Yeah. So what I try to instill in my coaching philosophy is say, for example, when I'm applying certain drills, what would make them want to compete? I'll apply a certain drill to make it a fun game and, and make it competitive, right? What would really bring more of their passion to want to win a certain little competitive game? 
whether it's like a small side, you know, put two teams in a, you know, right, 2v1 or 2v2 type game, small sided and the winners, they get the reward to go get water, right? Or if you lose, you have to do push-ups or do some sprints. Having them apply their skills, most important, you know, I would have to tell them, really have to make them apply a skill before they can score, for example, right? If they don't, then it doesn't count. Once they do it, it'll become natural and become like second nature because they don't practice it. It's not going to come through. They will build that confidence after realizing, okay, once I do the skill and I succeed, they'll keep continuously do it. A lot of players, of course, they think they have a limit because as soon as they make a mistake, they think, oh, there's my limit. But really, you have to let them know, look, it's okay to make mistakes. You have to keep pushing through and endure through those mistakes and keep doing it until you do it right. And once they get it right, it brings a smile on their face and they start to do it on their own without me telling them. Eventually, after telling them how to do it and what to do, and and they'll eventually know why they're doing it. What That's how I instill it in a psychological way. What is the most valuable lesson you've learned that you try to impart to your young athletes? And how can our listeners or even myself apply these lessons into our day-to-day lives? Yeah, so first, there are a few valuable lessons that I've learned is the importance of understanding the meaning of having passion, the confidence, the discipline, and the willingness of wanting to learn that's been transmitted to me when growing up, right? So overall, the most valuable lesson is to have the right attitude, staying consistent with all the important lessons that I just mentioned. Mm. A good example is I had the right attitude to want to get better. However, there was something that was missing where uh, whenever I'm playing a game with my team, right? For example, when, uh, when I was playing with St. Thomas, I was a good dribbler. I loved taking players on. I would just, you know, get the ball and just go forward, just go at speed. I was a speedster. Love to give crosses in whenever I get a chance. But whenever I give the crosses in, there was nobody there. I'm like thinking, man, why is nobody up there? And, you know, I had one of my, <laughs> had one of my mates tell me like, look, like you're going too fast, right? Um, he put it in a good example with me, which I learned from him saying that, you know, we're all like a manual car. When I get the ball, I, I go automatically into fifth gear. It's like, look, slow it down, you know, we'll start from first gear to second gear, maybe third gear. Oh, you know, we can stay at third gear and just play simple, play with more knowledge of the game, you know, play smarter on the ball, right? And I changed that attitude of myself on going forward too much on wanting to be like a Maradona or Messi to learning how to play more as a team. And that really passed that barrier of playing smarter and I became more wise of the game. And there's a good way of putting it on how to apply patience and knowing when to go forward and knowing when to hold the ball. And it really went into detail on becoming better as an individual player. You know, you have to have the appropriate attitude, right? Because once I change that attitude from going going too fast and forward, you, know, you have to slow things down a little bit and see the bigger picture here, both on and off the field and to have consistency. That will lead you to success. Your confidence will build your success as your successions will build your confidence. It's like a ladder. You're moving up the ladder on your own mind. That's such a brilliant analogy about the ladder and moving it through your own mind. And when we think about a limitless mindset in sports, what does that mean to you? And how does cultivating a sports mindset contribute to a person's overall growth and their ability to live a limitless life? Yeah, what it means to me is an athlete's belief about oneself and one's most basic qualities, such as talent, intelligence, which, you know, I personally had to grow on myself from going too forward to being patient, right? Being playing smarter as a team. 
to having the right attitude and building character of your personality, gathering it as one. An athlete's mindset grows in their limitless life by understanding how to persist and endure through obstacles, how to learn from criticism and inspired by success from others. We naturally build this desire to see role models and watch other games. We wake up early in the morning to watch our favorite player play on TV because we want to be like them and, and copy the way their roles are on the field, even off the field to see what do they do in their day to day lives, right? So we can also acknowledge from our own failure how our role models, how they fail and what they do to get back up. And when we fail, we have to learn how to get back up on our own. That's part of growth. That's part of being a human. We have to understand how to get back up without breaking our self-esteem and define inspiration to keep improving. And that would get to a point to where we have to naturally grow this alter ego, which I personally did on my own. And I found this inspiration by, you know, watching my favorite superhero on TV, for example, have this imagination where I would pretend I'm a superhero on the field. And I'll tell kids like, what's your favorite superhero? Be that superhero on the field. Like that really goes beyond your limits. The mind will really build your body to really push beyond that limits to become, you know, the best player you can be and provide the best performance on the field. I was building that egoist and to maintain it, to control it. And when you need to use it, when you play and unleash at least the beast win it within you to play your best performance and coaching youth players on having that understanding to know that it is okay to make mistakes as we're all not perfect that helps build their motivation to keep working through those mistakes until we can get it right like i said before you know that they really have to understand that that becomes like we have a limitless mindset that we can go beyond our limits what common barriers do you typically see individuals or teams facing prevent them from reaching their full potential? Yeah, there are different barriers which cause pitfalls that can lead to a team's dysfunction or failure to achieve their success. For example, like the individuals, are they shrinking their duty? Are they not contributing themselves on the field, right? Are they having a bad attitude? Are they not contributing themselves off the field, not taking care of their body? Or they have to do a lot of makeup work at home that's, that's really causing a negative, a negative impact on the team. This can really cause resentment and negative feelings amongst themselves. It can even cause certain fights on the field. I mean, a lot of teams, they go through these arguments and fights. I mean, let's be real. We've seen it before, right? And I've seen it through my, uh, through my coaching career as well. And I step in and try to have them, I give them a life learned lesson to know that they have to understand what they're doing wrong in their own selves. Also the lack of trust when individuals don't feel comfortable to sharing their ideas. These are the barriers that really put in an individual's perspective. So like I said, not taking care of their body. They're not prepared physically or mentally before a game. Uh, another barrier can be being distracted. What's going on in their lives? Are they growing up in an environment where it leads into a dark path, like hanging out with the wrong people? There are also key factors I experienced and that help an athlete grow from average to high performances, teaching the understanding of meaning of dedication and receive productive feedback as well. What's your philosophy around transitioning from average to high performance? And how do you then help players overcome those barriers to cultivate success in your coaching style? First and foremost, I always try to remember like why I chose this job and listen to other coaches' perspectives, especially. And I'm always, no matter what, even to this day, I'm always open to learning. I'm not going to be here to know that I know it all because I, I truly don't. I'm doing the best I can to know that I, I have no limits, right? And I put myself in a 
in a position where I'm always going to want to learn and, and see new ideas and how can I tweak those ideas into something of my own whenever I coach the youth academy, for example. Okay, what works, what doesn't work? It's all self-reflection, really. What can I do better? What did I do well? And if this worked, let me keep this going and, and keep it a good routine and, and do the same routine for each and every year, tweaking these ideas and making it my own and, and seeing how it's working in a daily life with the youth academy. I would support and establish a trust relationship as well. You know, I adapt my methods to fit the player's objectives and their situation. I have to let them know what mistakes they did. And, and the tone of voice is important to know that I'm not being demeaning, but I'm, I'm being very caring to let them know, look, this is something you did wrong. Like, I want you to see you can do this better, right? And once they show that they changed that, I praise them with a high tone, with a very confident tone to let them know that they did really well and it really, really impacts them, you know, in a very positive way, right? After identifying the weaknesses to improve them, you know, always have an action plan to be proactive with the team and individuals and want them to see me as a role model to know they need to be proactive and know how to teach others as well. And it's good to, for them to know how to teach others, whether it's like teaching them a certain skill and how to do skills. And whenever I do that, I start to notice you know, some players, they are teaching them on how to do a certain skill, which, which they're learning as well. And I praise that. And I completely praise that because as you teach, you learn at the same time, you know, like moving up the ladder, you know, so it's always let them know that don't be part of the problem. You have to learn to solve the problem. I think it's fascinating that you talk about creating that safe space for your players to know that they're in an environment where it's okay to make mistakes. We'll talk it through and we'll get through this together, right? But that all starts with building that trust and helping them instill confidence within themselves. When I think about that, how do you think about the dynamics of team sports uh, and how that influences individual mindsets and potential? And how does team cohesion play a role in this? Uh, it influences them by building the character of the individual and it teaches them how to work with others. And they learn from that and they learn it on their own on, on knowing they have that self-respect and once they have that self-respect, they start to respect others, right? And that's very important because if you don't, there's going to be a lot of negative impacts with each other, right? Uh, another thing is they start to build the desire to compete and accept challenges. Some players, they feel something is too hard for them and they, I try to uh, find a way to, to get at their level to know they go from, oh, I can't do this to let them know you can do this, just do it. Once they do it, it's okay to make mistakes and you'll, you'll see growth once you keep doing it. And I praise them even if, if they make a mistake and, and, I, and I get all of them, it'll crush their self-esteem. And that's the most important thing, especially at a youth age where their brains are still growing. They, they're learning how to take criticism and that's how, where I put in a psychological aspect to know how to praise them even if they make a mistake. But the fact that they're trying it is a great positive thing for them because they'll eventually learn how to do it right as they do it repeatedly. In terms of the team cohesion, how it plays a role in this, on the field, we learn by watching others' talented performances. So having one player that's like an average player who, that's practicing with both a high-level team and I'm moving them with a low-level team too at the same time, they're like in the middle. They, I, I can see them have the potential to you know, push themselves, challenge themselves with the high-level team, and they'll gain more confidence while they're playing with the lower level team. 
However, whenever they're playing with a high-level team, they start to copy, learn uh, others' talents and performances and try to push themselves to get to that, to that level, which is good. At the same time, you know, they can still play with a lower-level team and, and utilize these skills on applying themselves and that builds their confidence against lower-level players, right? And also off the field, we learn by asking others a daily routine to keep up with other performances. So naturally connecting amongst themselves, you know, relationship building among players. Uh, players would work together to stay dedicated and disciplined both on and off the field. You mentioned about youth players and positive reinforcement that their brains are still developing. How do you then foster a sense of unity and mutual support amongst your players? Yeah, so the strategies I use first and foremost, you know, telling the players to keep a positive environment within the team. If you have a player that's responding in a negative way, I've, trust me, I've seen it many times because they're still learning. They don't know how to respond to players. I get on to them to let them know, look, if you're saying this well, in a negative way, they know they made a mistake and it's like you're beating a dead fish there, right? It's not going to help them. Just pick them up, tell them, hey, don't worry about it. Keep working hard. You're going to get there. Teach them to have a positive criticism with others, right? Let them know how to talk to them, especially what tone of voice are they using and Maybe next time, you know, maybe pass the ball over here to me. I'm open and, you know, you can use me as well. Uh, what can I do as a coach to help the team become more comfortable with each other? And it'll teach them like, what can we do better and what we did well to end it on a positive note. And I have to praise players to help teach others during practices. It really builds leadership skills. It supports themselves to have self-respect and respect others to support them to keep pushing through and endure those obstacles that they're having trouble with. Also use a lot of team building drills that would you know, get them excited to work together. And when they start to become friends, most importantly, you know, after practice, it's a great thing to see, to witness on the achievements that I've gone through to know that I'm able to make these players friends. Those are really great examples. And they're also things that we can apply in our day-to-day -day life. So Rico, Football has the power to bring so many people together in this world. The bright lights, the excitement of it all. You've played in the game, you're now coaching, but there's also a dark side to it as well. You've talked about failures, you've talked about picking yourself back up. A lot of players may not make it to the big stage. What are some examples or influences that really helped you in your journey and stay true to your passion? Yeah, very great question there. I really push myself mentally. First and foremost, that's the most important thing to know what are my best capabilities and what are my best advantages in my own self, you know, and I would put that in practice and, and keep working hard and what I would notice, all right, what am I doing well? What can I do better, especially as what I focus on? And I had gone through certain failures, of course, in life. I mean, who hasn't? But I kept enduring through that. However, to push through that. A lot of soccer players, we have this growing frustration with ourselves on feeling like, you know, giving up and feeling like it's pointless. And it's, a, you know, it's a very dark-minded thing to have. And what I personally went through, through those dark times, you know, of like, say, not making a team, I really was trying to push forward to. It really takes time and patience to know, okay, I accepted what happened after, you know, emotionally going through it. And I would find other things that I personally love to do to keep my distraction um, from the, just the beautiful game. 
sometimes we would burn ourselves out, which it could be a negative thing to a lot of players out there. If you're pushing yourself too hard, you're going to go over the limit, going too hard with your body or especially mentally. And it really brings a player down into a darker path. So I would take a step back, take a break, and I would try even other hobbies that I love to do. You got to find things that you love to do around you. And yes, you know, the, the game can be like life to you, but you know, there's other things in life that, that are truly important that you have to put yourself through. And once you feel like you're in the right mindset again, you have a better mood, you notice to have more awareness, you start to have a better attitude amongst yourself and learn to become more humble, you know, more growth within your mindset. And I, I started to endure and I stepped up to, to the next level from there. That's what helped me get a chance to try out for the Puerto Rican national team. And then from there, I made it. And I was very excited. I was very proud of myself. My family was as well. And I knew what success I was able to do after going through, you know, these failures in my life. And that's, it's not easy for, for everybody. It's either one of those where it could make you or it will break you. And you have the choice. We all have the choice to know, will I let this make me or will I let this break me? Right. And it's easy to simply just let it break. And if you want to take the easy way out, like then you might as well go to a different point in your life if you don't want to endure into going into the big stage. But if you know that you can accept these challenges and you have the inspiration to know that, okay, I see this role model who loves taking challenges. They always love to have challenges no matter what. And that, that inspires me to want to take challenges myself, even if say, oh, referee made a bad call. You know, a lot of players, of course, will argue back. I went from arguing to the ref to, you know, all right, it's a foul, fine. You, it's whatever you call. I'll take that challenge. Go ahead uh, with that free kick or whatever it is. I'll take that challenge. I transition that to teaching the players to take those challenges, to accept those challenges, and it'll help them become a better, of course, soccer player overall, even a better person to know. They have to understand that life isn't going to be fair. We have to understand what can we do to make life fair for our own selves. And I pushed myself to a point to where I was very close to getting to that professional stage. However, my body can handle so much. I was even told by, from my college coach that I was pretty much there within, sorry, the Dynamo U23 Academy. However, there was one game I've been tackled really hard where it tore my ACL. And right then and there, I decided to just go ahead and just transition to teaching youth players on how to play the game. I could have got it fixed, what I was going through in life, you know, finances wasn't all there. It was at a time where I had to start making a proper career out of myself. So I was okay with it. I accepted it. I went ahead and just endure a different path instead of trying to go to the big stage. And the fact of the matter, I was able to know the fact that I was, you know, close to getting there. That I accepted that to know that I was that was good enough for me. But again, that was my choice. Some players they won't think that's good enough. They want to keep going, and I can encourage that. And I hope they can try to endure that as well. However, in this case, I just went ahead and got my inspiration somewhere else on going ahead to teaching others because my motivation was if I can't make pro, I would help others go pro, and that's my main goal in life right now to this day to know that even. Coaching them at a young age later on, I would hope they, they make it to the big stage and I would be proud. And it's like the best feeling to know that I helped achieve that goal for them. And that made me think I achieved my own personal goal. And it's, it's knowing what purpose do you have in life? 
and how to apply yourself within your own purpose and to adopt, to enhance our performance and maintain that positive mindset. Uh, throughout the years, I watched a lot of skill videos, soccer games. I try to copy how professional players apply their skills. You, know, you learn by watching, practice, work out hard. I got to put a lot of hard, uh, hard work into it. Six out of the seven days, you know, a little bit for 30 minutes to an hour. That helps maintain that performance. Also important to have a rest day. Otherwise, you burn yourself out and it'll break down the body. And then maintaining that positive mindset, I would listen to music that inspires me to push beyond my limits. I'll feel this energy within me. The feeling of having goosebumps that really pushed me hard to like sprint faster, for example, you know, when I'm running. Also reading inspirational book and reading inspirational quotes. And it's like you're feeding your brain. You're exercising your brain to know how to apply yourself in life. Well, sometimes in life, we learn things the hard way, which is important. You know, there'll be some rough days that put us down and puts the feeling of wanting to give up, like I said before. But to change that low mood from a bad performance after a game, it's important to distract yourself from that by doing something else that you enjoy doing. As I said, watching something enjoyable, go for a run, sleep it off, you know, vent to a friend, and you'll start to see yourself relieve your negative feelings away. It'll get out of your mind and start instilling more positive things in your mind. So it's shifting your perspective on turning bad habits into good habits that having the will to progress towards success. Learn from your mistakes after recharging your mood and reevaluate yourself what you can do better for the next opportunity. So maintaining that attitude to push yourself beyond your limits, like you have to imagine yourself, like I said, be that type of role model on the field and off the field. It'll really help you move forward and build that, you know, egoist within you. And if you're a spiritual person or religious person, have that to know that it'll help build your positive mindset within yourself. And all these little things are like tools to help you build yourself mentally and physically. That's really going to help push you beyond your limits. I think that's such an incredible journey. Sometimes what we don't realize in those moments, and that's why reflection is always an important thing is some of these perceived bad moments are actually amazing lessons to help us form an opportunity. And in that moment, we may not see it that way because we're so focused on the negative aspect. But darkness sometimes can be the brightest of moments. Absolutely agree. I can't live in the light without the dark. It's, it's a philosophical way of looking at it. Going to St. Thomas, <laughs> we were required to take philosophy and theology, which really put a lot of impact in my life. It's knowing the fact that it's always darkest before the dawn and you start to see a loop that we're going through, right? It's, but are, are we spiraling upwards or are we spiraling downwards, right? And we have to take a step back to see why are we spiraling downwards? What's something that I need to change to ensure that I'm spiraling upwards, right? And really it's knowing the fact that we're going to go through that, you know, heat of the moment and, and you have to take time for, you know, give yourself space. And then once you're uh, feeling a little better emotionally, you start to become reasonable again and start to witness, okay, what can I do to spar myself upwards again? And from there, you start with the little things. As soon as you get up, you brush your teeth, you uh, make your bed, you keep your, you keep your apartment clean. If you have pets, you take care of them. All these little things, it starts with all those small gestures that would help killing your life together. For example, the your apartment or your household, right? Your household is you. If you're keeping it messy, your life, your own self, it's not clean as well. And you, it goes all the way into a deep understanding of your mind that 
you're going through a certain dark path in your mind. But if you're still if you're keeping it clean, you're you're maintaining that you know consistency to keep that clean. It'll reflect towards your mindset and your body and your way of you know, inspiring yourself to keep moving forward. And that it really will show more success within yourself and on you know, your life. It's a beautiful thing to look at that dark moments is important and we accept that it'll help, help us grow. Absolutely. You touched on it just there. Your mind is a reflection of your environment and your environment is a reflection of your mind. So thank you for sharing that. If you could give one piece of advice to our listeners, whether they're athletes or not, about reaching their true potential and living a limitless life, what would it be? I would say follow what you love to do. Always follow what you love to do and turn it into something productive that will help others in life. It can give you the possibility to make a living, right, with your natural talents and improve them with the mindset of having no limits. So staying proactive and understand your self-worth and put it into practice every single day. You know, hard work, dedication will help ensure that you make it to where you need to be. You know, it can also help you know that you can create your own reality, that the world is our oyster. If you create your own reality with the realistic goals, you start to realize that you're able to make your own destiny. At the same time, as you follow your own path, you have to let destiny take its course. So for athletes out there, just know that your athleticism will help get you there to achieve your goals. But always remember your attitude will keep you there no matter what. So that's something that's very important for everyone in life to know on how to apply yourself in life. Well, Rico, what a beautiful message. I want to thank you for your time. It's been incredible. Thank you for everything you're doing. You knew within yourself there was a bigger purpose for you. And now you're giving back. I think that's one of the most greatest gifts anyone can provide. So thank you so much for your time. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like I said, it's it's a beautiful thing to have, to know that I can give back. And it's knowing that everyone can have a bigger purpose. And I know my purpose is to give back. And I'm very proud and, and want to keep going. Thank you so much. Awesome. And speaking of destiny, 2026, USA versus England, World Cup final. It'll go to penalties and we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see if it'll be called soccer or football and have bragging rights for that. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. For our listeners, thank you so much for joining another episode of Limitless Lives. Mm-hmm.